And then when you reach that top of the wave, extend your front foot as hard as possible through the whole motion. This is like probably the most interesting thing that I've learned through my surfing journey. Imagine if you're surfing and you just break up with your girlfriend that day. <laughs> you surf better or worse? That's the question. All right, everyone. Well, welcome to the Basis Podcast. We got my good buddy Richie from Okia Surf. Um, I've actually been bumping into Richie, like, apparently for multiple years, and we didn't even realize it. Um, <laughs> in El Salvador, you recognize me in El Salvador. In, yeah, um, in Zonte. In Zonte and in Puerto Rico. And, then, uh, that, and that's actually how we met, right? Because... Yeah. I remember actually, I had just surfed Trace Palmas. I had snapped my buddy's gun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then we were talking about <laughs> you told that. Me. We were talking about that. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to get into that too. And I was like, oh, man. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> and then. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it was one of my, like, it's been a, one of my dreams riding bigger waves. And then, like, oh, I saw you and I was like, I want to go do that too. But I didn't have a buddy, you yeah. know, like, um, and it's like, it looked very heavy those days. It was, we we were lucky because we had a very special swell. The time we were both in Puerto Rico, dude. I heard the locals talking, and they're like, "It's never been this good." It's, it's never been. This yeah, good. I was talking to Leif Engstrom. Uh, Ten years. Well, I guess he's not local, but mm -hmm. I mean, kind of. What, you mm -hmm. know, he goes there yeah. all the time. Yeah, exactly. And he was like, "It's never been this consistently good," and it's uh, yeah pretty crazy that we uh, i got lucky <laughs> and you 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 spend the lucky. winter there all the time so it's easy for you but uh for me i was just like wow um but anyway sorry no, seriously i i yeah um yeah no i think that we were blessed it was a blessing to spend yeah. it there and then like we we got the best waves possibly in Rincon. yeah super for sure. super fun no but i remember actually surfing i remember you from hobos actually from up north so hobos yeah yeah, yeah. um <laughs> but anyway yeah so richie is uh somebody i've been bumping into for a while now we didn't even realize it crossed paths and then um but he's uh also a surf coach and has developed his own system uh called okia surfing and um yeah, I'm super interested to to hear more about it, but thought we'd just kind of go in with the normal, um, you know, basis podcast format, talk a little bit about Richie and then uh, get to know him a little bit. But then he also wanted to kind of walk through his uh, a little bit more about his approach, which sounds very intriguing. Uh, it would be the first time I hear it, so I'm going to probably have lots of questions for him, but uh, it sounds very, uh, very exciting. So uh, why don't we start off kind of a little bit about your background, Richie, like uh, where you're from, how you came up, where did you get into surfing and all that. So where did it all start for you? Yeah, I, I well, uh, thank you so much for that intro. It's, uh, uh, it's an honor to be uh, here talking with you, and this is what we love, and then uh, it's our passion. And it's super uh, rewarding to be uh, doing this now. I didn't have thought that I was going to end up doing anything related to surfing because my upbringing was uh, I went to college, I studied business, you know, like I, um, I, I am from Guatemala originally. Mm -hmm. And then like in Guatemala to be a surf coach is basically, you know, like to be like this something super weird and different yeah. to what everybody else is mm -hmm. doing you know? um and then um yeah i i started surfing when i was 17 years old so very old i'm 30 i'm 30 turning 32 now so i'm on the third floor <laughs> finally third floor i never heard of that i like that i like that <laughs> I mean, uh, 
I'm on the third floor and then coming up and then I started surfing and completely fell in love with it. You know how it is. Yeah. It's um, the most beautiful sport in the world. It's like the most amazing and like, uh, it's, and as you get better, it's so rewarding. Uh, and then the better I get, the better I feel about myself. It's just, it's been like something that not only has bring me uh, inspiration, but identity in my mm -hmm. life. So, um, yeah. And then how, how, like my dream, you know, I started very late, but my dream immediately was like, I want to become a professional surfer. Like immediately I was like, okay, everything else that I was doing in my life is like, it's yeah. like to the side. I want to become a professional surfer. I want to earn my living, uh, surfing, competing, you know, like I want to shoot videos, everything. And like Kelly Slater, I'm then, taking you down. You got my got a target <laughs> on your back. I was like, <laughs> I was, I, I was like, I, I, I knew that I was never going to be that good, but I was, I, I always thought of that if you really, really want something like with all, and then you work really hard towards that, you, you can achieve anything yeah. you set your mind into. So that was like, kind of like my mindset. And then everything changed along the way. Cause like, obviously surfing is like a very competitive and like, yeah. <laughs> it's tough, it's very tough sport, but along the way, I found some really interesting things, mm. you know, along the way of my learning, I found some really interesting things. So I'm like the worst at learning sports, mm. basically. That's, that's one of the things that I found out. Mm. That's the first thing that came into my mind. I am, I'm not the, the gifted person that you see doing a backflip in high school. And then you're like, how did that happen? Right. Right. You know, like you see a kid, like, you see, you, you, we all know that kid that like those backflips, front flips, you know, like plays soccer and everything. They're amazing at everything, yeah. you know. And then they have this type of intelligence, which is um, motion, like emotion mm -hmm. type of intelligence where they just see something, they replicate. And then like, I didn't have that type of intelligence. I'm more analytical, right. to be honest. So I had to take a different approach to get better, mm -hmm. you know, like to like the usual uh, I get to the beach, I see somebody surfing every single day and that's how they got good. I think that, and then that's the basis of what I teach is that you can see somebody that's been surfing for 20 years and then still doesn't surf really, really good, mm -hmm. but you can still see, but you can see surf someone that surfs for two years and then they surf amazing, mm -hmm. you know, and then they look insane. So it is not the amount of time you spend in the water. That's that's ultimately what I learned the hard way. Mm. But it is how you understand it. Mm. What makes the big difference in the mm. end. I think that's very, you know, and very how, interesting. And, and I want to come to that. But I actually, before we, because that, that's a super interesting topic. But I actually want to go back just a little bit and, and touch on something. Because, yeah. you know, I think it's something that's very interesting about surfing is when you see a really good surfer, um, a lot of times, well, of course you have an immediate amount of respect for them. Um, but it's interesting cause the best surfers aren't necessarily always going to be the best teachers. I mean, I found that with all of my buddies that have grown up surfing and shred and do airs and all that. When I ask them, Hey, how do you think about doing this or that? They're kind of like, uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I just, I just do it like my mind goes blank and I just do it. And that's kind of how, cause they learn at such a young age that it's totally intuitive to them. So they can't really break it down and explain it to somebody, you know, exactly. whereas I think somebody exactly. that grew up, 
you know, learned it at the age of 17, um, which is funny because that's considered late by like pro surfers, obviously. But like for the everyday surfer, that's still considered like, you know, a, a young age, depending mm. on kind of where you're coming from. Yeah, right? like not. And then if you struggle with it and you have an analytical mind, it's interesting that it seems like that would actually be an asset, right? I've, I think I was listening to uh, he's uh, this guy named Frost Zahabi. He's um, he's an MMA coach and he coaches like George St. Pierre, like some of the best, some of the greats. Mm-hmm. And he talks about the best teachers yeah. are people that are they know how to do it, but then they're also analytical. You need kind of both things to be a, a good teacher. And so that's interesting that that's your background. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I completely agree with you. Actually, I prepared a presentation for this, um, for, for this interview. I don't, I can share my screen, right? Yeah, sure. I, I can share my screen. So I, I'm going to share in a little bit, but I, uh, exactly that's one of the big things that I want to talk about. Mm. So like, um, I developed this thing called the learning cycle system, right? Cause uh, like exactly when you see when you're walking down the beach and you see somebody surfing and then they're really good, the first thing that it comes into your mind, you know, and then this is what I think uh, it is a struggle for, it was a struggle for me to learn. It's because you, you think immediately, oh, they must do it every single day, you know, and then that's everything that they do, mm-hmm. you know. But again, that theory is debunked by, um, by the other like fact that I stated before, which is like some people surf for two years and they're great, great. And then some people surf for 20 and they're not that, that good. Or like if you, for example, you, you, we all know this person that goes to the gym for one year, you know, and then like, they look exactly the same at the end of Mm -hmm. the year or this person that goes to the gym for three months. And then like, for example, we, we all know all those Hollywood stars that they go three months and then that's it. Mm -hmm. They like, they, 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 they look amazing. So there is, there is a part about how the types of intelligence come into play, you mm-hmm. know? So for example, there's different types of, of intelligence. There is like motion intelligence, mm-hmm. there's mathematical intelligence, there's emotional intelligence. For example, emotional intelligence, is the ability to uh, put yourself into someone else's shoes right and then like and then understand their feelings and then to be able to communicate in a better way so there's people that don't come with that so much yeah. you know and then there's people that come with that motion intelligence and then they see somebody doing a carve for example for example and then they're able to replicate without even understanding the process of how they right. do it um, so through my presentation i have an interview of a professional surfer a very well known surfer that talks about how they learn how to do airs like 14 years old, which is like considered late again uh, yeah. by, you know, by their standards. Right. And then how they ask like one of the best servers in the world how to do airs. And then like the only explanation was, well, you just go down the line and, you know, yeah, like yeah, exactly. ramp off, ramp off the sanction. Exactly. And then yep. like they, they don't understand it. So, like they don't understand the process of how it goes so well, but um there's an interesting thing that if like if one of those professional surfers that are like natural and then they learned it um i don't know like in the for example in the 90s you know where like surfing was more of a lifestyle mm-hmm. you know now it's more of a sport now before yeah. you know we know professional surfer we we see all those like 
movies from tour i don't know if you've seen movies from tour where they you know they're partying before oh, the yeah. contest you know like those are the days they, you know, <laughs> those are those are the days yeah. now it's all like there's like sports psychologists there's like yeah. you know like there's a different type of preparation nowadays but before you know it was like uh it was more like just like raw talent now there's a lot of surfers that come up with like technical preparation yeah. And then a surfer with talent and technical preparation is a super powerful uh, tool. Right. So now let me let me share my screen with yep, you. There should be a. Let me see. I'm I'm gonna share my screen. You see that share button at the um, bottom? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So um, here it just lets me. It it doesn't let me share. Oh yeah, yeah. I have it right here. Do you see it? Yep, I see it. All right, and perfect. So this is yeah. Um, hold on, let's let uh, it's loading up. So maybe give it a second. Um, I have to give it a second right here. Yeah, because I can't see the screen yet for some reason. Okay, there we go. Do you see it? Yeah. Do you hear me? Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, I'm gonna explain just a tiny bit. Okia means uh, shadow. Comes a little bit from from what I think shadow boxing is. You know, where mm. like before you entering the ring, you do. You know, you pl you practice uh, outside of the ring the same motions that you're gonna do while you're in a fight, basically. Yeah, you know, I like that. So surfing works. A surfing works a little bit in the same way. Again, like what uh, Brad Gerlach developed called wave key. You know, where you practice outside of the water the movements. That is something that we see really common in the training that surfers do. You know, with skate ramps, etc. Yep. Uh, and then like also just practicing on land, skateboarding, there's like simulators, there's a lot of tools. So what is this learning cycle system that I've been talking about? Can you, do you copy it? I, yeah, do you see, I the, see the image? Yeah, yeah. So this is a method that I developed that just shortens the learning process for any surfer to very, very short, right? And then the first part of this process would be um, understanding the right technique. That's the, that's the very first part of the learning cycle system. And then, for example, what is the technique to do a carve, right? What is the weight distribution, for example, to, to do a carve? Or what is the position on the arms to do a carve? But there's, there's a difference in between somebody that explains to you, oh, well, there's one arm that is going to be reaching towards the water, you know, to lean towards the water. And then there's one person that's going to show you, oh, this is the arm you have to point it towards the water and open your chest up. So there's going to be as many explanations of their, as their surf coaches, right? Yep. But the idea is that you understand what you're doing, you know, and then you understand the purpose of the motion that you're doing of every motion, you know, of the weight distribution. When you do that, then it becomes very powerful too, you know, when you understand why do you have to open your chest towards uh, down the wave when you're doing a carve, then it becomes easier to repeat, right? Yeah. That's like, that's, that's the concept, to understand exactly what you're doing. And then like this process, it is outside of the water actually. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. This is a process that we go through outside of the water. Why? Because learning inside of the water, the water is an environment that is like, you're trying not to drown, right? <laughs> you're trying not to like, 
you're trying not to like you, you know you like probably or, or you see you know you see a friend you start like it's super distractive environment you know so for example when i teach like not only like um competing surfers but when i teach a beginner surfer sometimes when you take them out for the first lesson and then when you teach them in the ocean they're focusing on not like drowning or not dying right and then and then they take concentration away so on in understanding the right technique part of the learning cycle system is to be on an environment where you're more relaxed not not necessarily sitting down on the beach with the sun on you and everything so for example just like for watching a video on youtube on how to do something or watching you know like a reel on instagram i found myself learning more on the reels on instagram than actually uh from a surf coach on the beach because i'm thinking i want to go surfing you know right <laughs> i don't want to receive a, a a lesson while i'm like watching this beautiful sunset but i want to right. you know i want to go engage with the water i think the, the other thing is just how many opportunities do you get to have the right section in front of you right like Let's say the average exactly. surfer catches whatever, three waves an hour or three waves every half an hour, whatever it might be. And then how many of those waves you get the section to do the turn that you want, you know, don't get dropped in exactly. on all these it, things, you know, so like your reps are super low. And I think that's what makes surfing really super hard. super low. Yeah. Exactly. So, so, so surfing, so by the concept we spoke before, the, the okay, I don't know if you have heard about the 10,000 hour theory. Yeah, for sure. So the 10,000 hour theory, but I think it's Max Goldwell or something like that. Yep. Uh, the 10,000 hour theory states that if you do something for 10,000 hours, you're going to become an expert at it. But surfing, it is the least 10,000 hour theory that you can imagine. Why? Because you can spend eight hours on the ocean, but catch five waves. That, that would be the case, for example, like pipeline. You know, right. or, or be the case, uh, Tres Palmas, you could spend eight hours on the ocean and just catch eight waves. And then your riding time would be like five minutes in the day. If you're if you're really lucky on a good day. Right. right. Five minutes is a long time. And in, in, it's like if, if you took a trip to El Salvador <laughs> and you're like five minutes on top of the waves. So, right. yeah, five minutes, it will take forever to learn. It will take 45 years. You know, to under to 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 get really good at surfing, to to get ten thousand hours, it will take you forty five years surfing every single day on El Salvador. Mm -hmm. If you're only relying on learning when you're on the ocean, so understanding the technique, um, you know, it is very important to do it on land. You know, like in a relaxed environment, and then like use a resource that is giving you like the right information and that it makes sense for you. Yeah. Then after, for example, after I show the surfer the right technique, what I do is like I show them someone performed that technique successfully, which is the process that we're going to go through uh, with the carve, right? Mm -hmm. So this enhances the, the, the understanding. It's like, okay, this is what I'm showing you about this movement. And then uh, we're breaking it down, whatever. And then I'm going to show you like Kelly Slater doing it. Like, leave me out of this. I'm going to show you the best surfer in the world applying this technique or the best surfers in the world applying this technique. And again, there's something really interesting about technique and every say, every surfer, every best surfer in the world performs the same exact technique. Every Everybody uses the same technique. Now, everybody has different style, but there's something really interesting about style and is 
style is an interpretation of, of technique and yeah. without technique there's no style so everybody does exactly the same on a wave with variation of how they move their hand the body like you know there's slight variations but the, the foundation concepts are the same on every single right. best surfer in the world or really good surfer then uh wait uh, then <clears throat> What are the now that you understand the movement and you saw it? Now we're gonna use tools on land, right, to make the movement automatic, right? So if we're practicing a carve, we're gonna practice it as many times as possible on land. Or if you're practicing a pop up, let's go back to like the very beginner, you know. Yeah. Uh, if we're practicing a pop up, we're talking about, um, well, like doing the pop up ten times, twenty times on the on the, on the shore. So this is, this is something that really upsets me sometimes when I see a beginner's lesson and then they only make them pop up two times because that was the lesson. The lesson that they received was on the shore. Right. It wasn't like, you know, it, 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 it wasn't on the ocean, but it was on the shore. Those 10 pop-ups, that is your, your serve lesson, basically. Yeah. So using the, using the tools to make the movements automatic. Now... Trying the movement on the water and having someone taking video of you surfing while you try it. So now we're talking only about that move, one movement. Let's let's say we're we're talking about the carve. So we saw understanding the technique of the carve, watching somebody do the carve successfully, then you know practicing the carve online, then trying the movement on the wave, and then having somebody taking video of you surfing. You have to use one concept that you're practicing on, and then take it into the ocean and then having someone filming you is the most important one of the most important tools to learn how to surf so you have someone uh that is going to film you so if you're not getting filmed while you surf then you're not getting better you know because it's so it's it's so like unless you're one of those super intelligent aliens like kelly Slater, you know yeah like that they move their body so well that they they the way they think that's the way they move their body, then um, you're never going to make that connection. But there's a specific connection in improving in sports. And um, there's a specific connection in between video analysis and then, you know, doing the movement repeatedly, you know, because yeah. like you start to connect something on your brain. You start to connect, um, you know, uh, you start to turn on th those lights in your head and then like, suddenly you're going to start, you see, oh, I moved my arm in that way and that's how it looked. Oh, but now, you know, like the second time I do it, I want to do it like this. So then you start to become more conscious. So video analysis make us, makes us more conscious of our motion and then connects our movements with our mind. You know, it's a very powerful tool to see yourself. The, I remember the first time I saw myself on video, it was really painful, you know? <laughs> broke and your heart, huh? you, So You're just like, it, um, it breaks my it. heart. Burn it. I never want to it, see that again. <laughs> exactly. It's so bad. I, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. And then, like, I remember I went through a, a phase in my life where I was like, I'm just, just one of the pictures, you know? Yeah. I'm like, like, the uh... picture is the one that looks, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I just want the picture because, like, you see the big drop, or you see this, or you see. I just want that picture because, like, right. that's where it looks cool. But then I started to, when I went through a time that I was watching so many videos of myself to the point to till the point it hurt, basically. And then that was about the time that I started to get better, you know. Right. 
but anyways, this learning cycle, I connected it like later. But, and then the last bit is to analyze the video on land, going back to the concepts, you know? And then when you take one concept and then you go through this system, you know, like you can go through this like system on a day, basically, where you like get a lesson about how to do a car mm -hmm. and then, then you watch the video, then you practice on skateboard, then you go and then get filmed and then you go back and film it. You know, it takes less tries to learn uh, movement in surfing in this way. This is this is what I've come to find, you know. Um, yeah, it makes sense. In the end. And, and then if we use this approach to every single movement that we learn in surfing, it just takes way less time, you know, than trying to figure it out on our own. So, for example, now if I, if I feel like I cannot do something, it's because I don't understand it or I haven't practiced it enough, you know. Where I haven't seen myself on video doing it enough, you know. And then when I do like connect this circle a couple of times, then like I speed up my learning process. For sure. Yeah, makes total sense. Now, um, what I do mostly, you know, because like there's so many different types of preparations in surfing, right? So there's physical preparation. Like physical preparation is uh, gonna give a like a raw example. If Kelly's later will eat. A burger at McDonald's, like two burgers at McDonald's every single day for a month, he wouldn't be able to perform at the same level he does, you know, at the end of the month. Yeah. You probably like grow a little belly and then that same concept, the fitter we get, the better we're going to perform. Now, the technical preparation is the part that I do the most. Hmm. Technical preparation is the, uh, you know, like how to move your body, you know, how to, uh, for example, what is technical preparation? Uh, weight distribution is technical preparation. Footwork is technical preparation. Where you you know how to like move your foot all the way back to the the kick, you know, every time you do maneuvers. That is technical preparation. Or for a beginner surfer, for example, like when they stand up to put one foot in front of the other in the right angle, you know, this is like an example I give for, about technical preparation. I tell beginners, um, so if you're gonna do snowboarding. You know, and then I move the angle of your boots, for example, you know, mm. and then um, you think that you're going to be able to snowboard down the hill with different angle of your boots. You know, if I change the angle at night and you don't realize and then you go down the slope and then you're just going to go for, you know, <laughs> big mm. crashes, basically big wipeouts. Right, right. Uh, so the same, you know, like surfing is really technical in that way even in high performance surfing which is like uh for example how to do an air i don't know if you've heard on the competition surfing when they say oh well i'm gonna do an air so like oh, oh like the the, the Renate narrator is they're saying oh he's gonna do an air so they're widening the stance yeah. you know on the on the surfboard they want the stance to do an air to have more surface area and then for like sure. yeah. you know um so that's very technical of the surfers also when they're going to do a rail turn they do narrow their stance a little bit you know to to be able to to you know to use the the board and the rail correctly yeah so that's technical preparation that just knowing that information can change your approach now tactical preparation it is like competition like positioning on the ocean you know like yeah. um you know position is possession if you're in the right place in the ocean then you're going to catch the wave and psychological preparation um, is, you know, like, where's your head that day, you know, where you're competing or where you're like, um, 
just surfing in general. Like, imagine if you're surfing and then you just break up with your girlfriend that day. You know, it happened to me many times. <laughs> and... You surf better or worse? That's the question. <laughs> I surf worse. <laughs> no, no, no. You're not raging. You're not like, but... I'm going to go charge some crazy tube and just yeah. like get the barrel of your life. No, no, you're just sad. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, no. The, 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 the thing is, uh, yeah, I'm playing, sometimes I'm it can get you in the, in the, no, 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 it's true. It can get you in that gladiator, gladiator you yeah. know, like mindset sometimes. And then like, I, I'm sure that you've gone through that in your head. Have you ever gone through, you know, like when you're like canalize your, uh, you know, whatever you're feeling and then you're like, just, I don't care if I get hurt today. I just want to go for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we've, we've all used like, you know, and then the same, you know, if you're not feeling, if, if your mind's somewhere else, then you're not going to be able to perform the same place. So I, I give like the people the example all the time, you know, about this, how important it is. It is like if, you know, if John, John and Kelly are going to go on a heat, but one of them break, break up with their girlfriends right before the heat, you know, it's like an extreme example, but right. uh, they're not like, you know, the other, the other guy has a better chance because like right, right. your head, you know, and then they have sports like they have sports psychologists now, yeah. nowadays, not, just, just because of that reason, you're going to represent your country in the Olympics. And then just traveling all the way overseas, spending all that money, getting there, and then like on your first heat, you fall off your first wave, then you feel like you're going downhill, and then like you have to be strong in your head, you know. And then there's drills to right. improve that. Of but course. but what I wanted to share uh, w with you today was uh, like uh, the carve. I just wanted to show these videos just to showcase one thing basically and then this is like uh one of the basis of what i teach this is uh our surfers generating speed right mm -hmm. different surfers using the speed generation pattern um so this is a lot of what i do it's like sports uh biomechanics surf surfing biomechanics they're all using the same movement pattern you know yeah. using their like uh, back arm to swim to generate speed um now the first thing I, I I learned the first time that I learned about movement patterns was with these guys from Map Technica, from Brazil. Okay. You know, mm -hmm. the Brazilians. These 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 guys are literally the best like coaches in the world. Like literally, I cannot talk better about them. They are like oh, Map Technica is, it is the deal. You know, like um, I've seen them coach Olympic athletes. I've seen them coach um, this guy from Tour. The Peruvian guy from tour. Are they surf name? focused? Are they specifically surf or are they yeah. just general Sur athletes? There's, they're specifically surfing. They're specifically, uh, specifically for surfing. And then these are the surf coaches that I've seen studied the motions of their body, like in the best way possible. And, you know, like, and then they came up with some concepts that I'm going to share here that are like, uh, that I never heard of before, but it changed the way that I surf. And it's been able to help me like transmit my, my knowledge in the in the better way. And then I've seen results in all the people that I'm coaching and stuff in competition and everything. It's just it's just insane. But the thing is to showcase in here, uh, like there's a few frames to showcase, you know, how like surfers move in exact same way. You know, this is Andy Aaron and Mick Fanning. Right. And then like they have slight liberations in style again, but. Right. Uh, right. again, they're doing the same maneuver, which is the carve, which we're, we're going to study today, you know, mm -hmm. and then like they have some really key point elements in the in the turns 
that are really, really, um, you know, part of the foundation of the sport also. Yeah. So again, this is, I don't know if you're going to be able to hear this, you know, because I'm sharing the screen, you know, but this is a video from, this is a video I show like uh, my students sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. which is consciousness is power. This is Nathan Florence talking about how to do uh, airs and how he learned how to do airs. This is what I wanted to show you. I don't know if I played, yeah, are you ahead. able to Why hear it? Just try it. Yeah, just try it. If you can turn up the volume. It? Yeah, maybe. Can you turn up the volume at all? Yeah, I'm going to turn it up all the way. Let's see if you can hear it. Oh, I can't hear it. You know what? Um, you cannot hear it? Yeah, I can't hear it. Okay, perfect. You know what? I can't hear it, um, but maybe what you could do is you could send me the clip afterwards and then we can replay it is what we'll do. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll yeah. replay it and then we just cut that part out and then we'll, yeah, we'll just... Yeah, just send just, me the yeah. clip and then we'll be able to do it. Cool. Yeah. But basically, he's speaking about how to do airs and then how he asked his brother, you know, how, like, can you explain me how to do an air? And then he was like, he learned so young that he wasn't conscious about what it is not fully conscious about what he's doing. It's just natural to them. You yeah, know, exactly. It is it is someone that it is natural, pure talent, you know, and then like natural, pure emotion, intelligence, like, but like not necessarily you're going to be the best in transmitting, transmitting it. But one thing that I found when I discovered surfing biomechanics, basically, is that when you tell someone how to, um, when you tell someone what are they doing, what they're doing, right? For example, if you explain like we, like I saw it witness it with Olympic surfers, you tell them the right technique, and then they become more conscious about what they're doing when they know exactly what they're doing. You know, the like the yeah. strongest aspects about the technique that they're performing, they become more consistent in doing that technique right it means that they do less mistakes okay so let me just i i don't know if i have to say that again because there was a little bit of sound no that's fine don't worry about it it's fine okay yeah. perfect so what is technical preparation and now this is like the thing that i use most to explain people you know Technical preparation aims to create improved sports skills. Technical preparation studies biomechanical rules and motion possibilities of the athlete. Specific adjustments of technique by an athlete is referred as style. So in here we see, for example, this guy throwing the baseball. We know all the baseball players throw the baseball in the same, in the same way, right? They use the same technique. They lift the leg, you know, there's a process that they go through. Same as like sprint runners and stuff. They all start in the same position, right? So... That is technical preparation. Surfing, you know, it comes from a more, you know, like a more hippie em like environment, right? right. We were talking about those like golden days with, you know, like where people would just go get like super party before a contest and stuff and then show up and like, right. you know, like still perform. Now, surfing is the same way as other sports. The same technique, they all, they, they still use the same technique. And then why is technical preparation so important? You know, like biomechanics, basically. 
They accelerate learning, generate muscle memory, became, become aware of sports analysis. Now we see tennis players, right? If they're standing on the right side of the court, they, they're going to be able to deflect the passes in the best way. Golf, you know, like they, there's a way of holding the golf club and then there's a way of like swinging that thing so you could like throw that, that thing as far as possible. Now, sports biomechanics is adaptive analysis of sports movements to minimize risk of injury and improve sports performance, right? So how to move my body so I can move my surfboard better, right? Yeah. Now, the question is like, this is for the people, what are you doing to, you're doing to prepare yourself technically? And then like, there's many ways people like unconsciously do this. And it's like watching videos, watching surf contests, you know, watching movies and stuff. People try to copy what other surfers are doing, but trying copying it is really good, but trying to understand it, it just brings more power to the table. Now, we're going to talk something that's really important in the carving motion now now this is what i wanted to talk uh, and then we we talked about this yesterday we we're going to talk about carves and then like um we're going to start this with a question uh for the public wh whoever's watching where does the weight go when you surf that's this is something that's like just so fu like fundamental in surfing yeah. where is the weight goes when we surf because like Remember in snowboarding, uh, you, you have you, I'm sure you have tried snowboarding before. Uh, we know that, you know, the weight has to be forward all the time, right? You have to weigh forward in order to change rails unless you're like on powder. Well, I've never like I've never had the chance to snowboard in powder actually, just on the blue hills, <laughs> on the blue icy hills of the east coast. And yeah, so where's the weight goes when we surf? This is like the, the, the question. Yeah. Well, you know what I think is interesting is that this is even a discussion topic. I think, you know, once you get to a certain level of surfing, you, you do know that it's really all about your feet. But a lot, of exactly. surf, a lot of surf coaching, a lot of surf tips is like, oh, just uh, look with your head or just open your shoulders. Yeah. Obviously, those, those are aspects, but that is not actually kind of what's actually going to drive you through your turn. Hey everyone, it's Van. Hopefully you've been enjoying the podcast. Hopefully you've been listening to some good stories, getting some good tips that are helping you improve as a surfer. If so, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, it'll only take you literally a few seconds, and share it with your friends. That's the best way you can support me so I can continue to create awesome new content for you. So, thanks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, they, people tell you, oh, okay, so you have to, like, you know, like, look back. You know, look back, go rebound the, oh, the white water high, you know, like there's a lot of biomechanical things that are correct out there. But what what is a, a rule that that should prevail through every single biomechanical pattern or every single movement in surfing? It's like, where is the weight go when we surf? Um, now, I do a balance test with people, right? Um Usually when, when we're like, like face to face, a balance test, which is like, I get them to put their weight on the back foot and then I push them. Right. And then I get them to put the weight on the front foot. We, we see here, Adriano de Souza, he has his weight on the front foot. Right. Mm -hmm. And then with his weight on the front foot, he's able to balance more for any imperfections, for any, like, uh, for any, any, for any single thing that's trying to get him off his feet. 
he has a better chance of withstanding it with weight over his front foot than with weight over his back foot. Now, with this balance test that I do with people, that basically I push them around like in this posture, or I push them around with the weight on the back foot, we could see two things. With weight more forward, we get more balance, right? And then we weight forward, you're also gonna get more speed if you think about it, right? right? So thinking about it, when you put all the weight on the front foot, then you accelerate your board. And then what do us, what does a surfer do when they're gonna stall for, stall for a barrel? When a surfer is gonna stall for a barrel, they just kick the tail. Or they right. do this, like, I don't know if you've seen that willy, you know, where like you're, you're going to do like, a, you're like traveling down the line and then you do a willy and then like yep. you immediately break your break and then like uh, you're able to get into the tube and stuff. Yeah. Now we're going to see more examples. I, I want to talk about something that is like, for me, uh, it took me a while to discover it. it. Took me a while to, you know, like I, I learned it from uh, this sports biomechanics in Brazil. I now apply it to everything that I teach. And then this is like, what is the big proof of the way being forward to turns? What is the biggest proof? And the biggest proof is the rail engagement, right? And I like, I showed this, this picture of Andy Irons because like, I want to show how much rail he has on the water right here. We can see it's almost all the way to the top of the nose, the rail. So the, this is like the biggest proof that the weight is forward because from that simple test that we do when we're like surfing down the line and then we kick the tail to break what happens the whole board comes outside of the water right the whole board comes outside of the water and then we break and then we like basically stall because like we're using the tail overboard against the water so that like but when we're waiting forward through the turn then we're engaging the whole rail now, this is like I, I set up a Santa Claus thing because it was like like I did this presentation with uh, some of my athletes and it's like it was like a Christmas gift. <laughs> so, so how much how much real engagement? How much real engagement? So, this is really interesting. So we're gonna see some turns in here on the presentation and then like let's see how much surfers use the rail in every single turn. Let's see, for example, here, Mick Fanny, you see how much of his rail he uses on the bottom turn. The whole rail is sunk. Yeah. They're, sinking the, they're sinking the whole rail. So what happens when you're sinking the whole rail? What, what, like, with the, what does the water do? What, like, you know, what actually happens, it is that the board accelerates more, you know, because you're not only over the edge, you know, which is like over the rail, sorry, not only over the rail, but you have the whole rail on the water, then the water, the, the, the board's naturally going to pivot more. And it's going to like, you know, it, it is going to come around way faster than if we're like stalling up the wave. So I'm going to give you guys an example later down the road uh, of like some surfers using weight distribution on the back and then how much rail they're using for turns. But more rail engagement to be a fantastic surfer means to sink all of your rail not only 30 percent of it the best surfers are the fastest and most powerful engaging your full way in the water gives you more speed balance stability free turns so for example when you're boxing if you're boxing and then you have your weight on the back foot and then somebody hits you 
uh, on the face, then that immediately tips you back. You tip like you you fall immediately. But if so, if you have your weight on the front foot, then you have a better chance of like you know like holding yourself together while like you're getting pushed basically. So more weight on the front foot equals more balance, more stability, more speed. Now. Pushing with your front foot equals balance and stability. Now, this is this is like what I want to talk about in here. Like, now we're gonna try to see this like random surface. I don't know who these people are. <laughs> I have no idea. This is just a video that I like gather from. Uh, I think it's uh, yeah, somewhere in Puerto Rico. But now let's see the turns from these surfers, right? We're gonna just analyze the turns and then we're gonna see one simple aspect of all of these turns and it's rail engagement. Okay, now we're gonna like, we're gonna see how much rail like is on the water every single turn. So for example, we're gonna see this guy, this little guy right here. And then like through this turn, how much rail, what if you could get a percentage from, from zero to a hundred, how much rail do you think is, in, is engaging here? Well, you can see not very much at all. It is like 30% of yeah. the rail. So basically, you can tell where his weight distribution is because of how much rail he engaged through the turn. And then you can also tell that he's breaking through the carve, you know, because he has uh, the weight on the back foot through the carve. He's, he's stalling, right? He's stalling right here. He's like the, the same stalling motion to, to barrel, you know? And then we can see that the weight is on the back foot. He's like breaking through the turn. And then listen, this is like, this is a, an instinctive thing to do. And why? This is like, again, like 30% of the rail, 20% of the rail he's surfing. And then like, you can see like, there's not much spray, you know, like uh, he's breaking through the turn. <clears throat> and then uh, it is instinctive to put the weight on the back foot because it's our strongest foot, right? That's our strongest foot is the back foot. Of like so like we're gonna naturally want to push with it you know and then you know what's funny when you're surfing a really good wave it feels like you're going really fast even though you're breaking through the turn you know so it feels right. it feels amazing you know and it feels comfortable but when you see the video you're like oh okay that wasn't that much spray and that was like you know like not it, it looked like i was going slower than i thought you know and then that's something that happened to me. And like, I was like, okay, you know, like, and then when I understood it, like it just makes such a big difference in my surfing. But these are the effects of having the weight on the back foot through any turn, less spray and less rail engagement, digging rail, like putting the weight on the back foot. Again, the surfer is not designed for waiting on the back foot. And then free turns getting stuck on the lip. Also, it's an, another effect. Imagine you're going to go hit the lip and then you hit the brakes as soon as you hit the lip. Um, imagine, like, it's the same as on a racetrack, a car on a racetrack. You're on the race, you know, and then you're going to go hit the turn with your, your Ferrari Corvette or whatever, you know, and then you hit the brakes midway through the turn and you, you're not going to drive through it, but you're just going to stop. And then, like, sometimes that, that means that you're exiting the wave and then getting stopped stuck on top of the wave is another effect of like having the weight on the back foot surfing slow and without flow that's another effect now we're going to talk about something that is very interesting 
very very interesting this is like probably the most interesting thing that i've learned through my surfing journey and it's like the way forward spray be versus the way backward spray right so mm -hmm. we're gonna see this guy spray driving off the back foot and then this is the way forward spray now spray comes always in two auras there's two like big sets of spray every time that you do a turn a good turn so we see a small aura which is the back foot weight and then this is the big aura which is this the front foot weight right so we can actually from the spray that you go through and outside of your rail you can tell how much weight you're applying in your turn and where so in here i can tell because there's just one aura in in the surfing to my right i can see mm -hmm. that the hole is back-footed the turn is completely back-footed there's no there's no engagement on the rail and then there's no acceleration for the turn and then also this guy i can tell is fully back-footed now this guy to the left i, I think is andy irons and i can see how much rail engagement he had at the end of the turn and then also you can see the whole rail is sunk on the water right here at the end of the turn right. and then you can see the back foot right here like you know the follow through spray now Front foot spray versus back foot spray. And then like, That's I, so again, interesting. I've never thought see? about that. Hmm. Is this, this is something that is very, is very new in the surfing world. I learned this again from this, uh, map technica in Brazil, you know, uh, I am also a coach from map technica. And then this is something that literally changed the way that I teach and like, and then l the way that I understood surfing, we're going to watch videos and then we're going to watch how the spray comes off the rail of the surfers. We can tell how much weight a surfer applies to his front foot by how much, how the spray comes off his rail. So let's see, for example, oh, wait, let's see, for example, here, Jordy Smith. And then again, you see the two auras right there, red one, back foot mm -hmm. spray, and then green one, front foot spray. All right, now let's go for the next turn. So there was a lot of front foot right there. Again, front foot, back foot. Perfect. Now again. There's so much pressure on the front foot on the top turn. It's like not much pressure on the back foot. Now again, front foot spray, back foot spray. Now even sir even professional surfers sometimes they don't have the time to 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 kick on the top of the way with the front foot and then they end up doing a back foot wave a, a, a back footed turn you know let's see julian wilson right here and then this one didn't have so much you know like it didn't have so much spray of the top it was like theme release it didn't have so much spray, spray of the top but you can see that there was not so much front foot weight on that one right he wasn't as powerful as the other turn he did or the Jordy Smith's like, um, turn that uh, he was doing. But it now, also looks like he's hitting a different, you know, the section that he's is, hitting was a little different. It is, but... a, it is a little bit of a softer section also. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this is something that is really new. And again, um, surfers mostly... Like 99% of the surfers in the world are going to tell you that the weight goes on the back foot, you know, and then like it is, uh, it is something that has changed, like, uh, the approach of teaching a little bit. Cause like, 
it is very like I know that it's a very hard concept to gasp, but like the idea of this like little like um, session that we're doing, it is like to be able to demonstrate it, you know, mm-hmm. like to demonstrate with the weight distribution is because if you if you, like let's say if you knew exactly where to wait on the top of the weight, it means by weight I mean kick, you know, if you're gonna kick with the back foot or you kick with the front foot, if you know exactly where where and how to do it you would like always do it right you know so that is a really important aspect um of of surfing performance knowing how to wait on the bottom turn on the top turn now the weight distribution central concept is that the weight will always try to go back but we must force it forward to surf powerfully powerfully and with flow right and then these are for example these are the three cases where the surfer the, the 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 surfer waits on the back foot. The first is to avoid nose diving. You see you see how the wave the the board does a willy. Yeah. And then this one to do an air. And then yeah. the last one to stall for a barrel. Those those are the three situations where the weight goes on the back foot. Hmm. Um, That's very interesting. Yeah. Okay. My I mean my understanding of surfing in the way I you know I've learned it is. It's uh, it's about mixing and shifting the weight between the back foot and the front yeah, foot. And the know. front foot. Yeah, I mean, there's like, you know, the weight is always want to, wanting to go on the back because like you're you're standing up on, on up on your your two legs. But the idea is to, for example, if you finish a bottom turn, sometimes the weight the, the weight's gonna go, you know, like it is gonna go fifty fifty, and then if you want to. Like the idea is to know where to wait forward really strongly to engage that rail, you know. Yeah. And then like to 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 come out with more speed. Interesting. And yeah. Then... I mean, I've been I've been practicing with WaveKey, and um, in WaveKey, mm-hmm. what they focus on is without giving it away because that's not mine to give because it's Brad Gerlach, mm-hmm. right? But it's about mm-hmm. knowing when to apply pressure to the back foot or knowing back when foot. to apply pressure to the front foot. To the front foot. You know, yeah. it's that it's that dance between the back foot and the front foot, the dance between the heel and the toe. Um, yeah. that's how you, you generate the power, but it's, it's very interesting though. What, um, the way you're approaching it is, uh, you know, it is opening and turning on some light bulbs for me thinking about that weight distribution. Cause you're right. Well, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting though, when you talk about back foot versus front foot, I almost feel like it seems like there's like two camps of like people, some people, think it, it is just the front foot um especially let's say that you're surfing um mostly bigger boards let's say you're surfing a fish mm-hmm. yeah i think a lot of people get sucked into just like focusing on the front foot because mm-hmm. they're just pumping 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 and then once you mm-hmm. get to a certain level you end up being like all right now i know okay i do need to turn the board off the back foot but maybe you get stuck mm-hmm. too far and you're just like only back footed surfer and then here you're mm-hmm. like trying to find the right balance it sounds like yeah, I mean, like, there's always uh, all sorts of situations, and then there's situations where you're gonna have to wait on the back foot heavily, like at the end of a turn, for example, when you're trying to avoid nose diving, you know, like when you're like hitting a really critical sections, you need to sit on the back foot at the end of the turn. Right. But, um, you know, like, this is a very new concept, and then I, I have found myself, um, the, the thing is that, like, when whenever I discovered this, I found, um, I exited, like, I just, you know, like, it just, it opened my mind to something different because, like, 
Mm. I've always heard like, and even from very, very big coaches in California, I remember like uh, through my job at Buddha Surf, I, I always heard weight on the back foot, weight on the back foot is the strongest foot. Yeah. And then when I started to use my front foot, because like, I just, you know what? I was, I'm just going to give it a go. I thought yeah. about it. I was like, mm. I'm going to give it a go today. I'm just, I'm just going to do this like different weight distribution on the wave. And then like, when I saw how fast I was going, I was like, oh my God, this is like, it's so mm. different, you know? Mm. And then like, um, we're going to like, we're going to see how, for example, this weight is applied through a carve where like I was able to understand it. And then I was like, okay, this is what actually flicks a board around the whole way through. And then this is what actually accelerates. So when we see this motion, this is the leg extension carve. So for example, when we see this motion, we usually, we see two things. We see Mick Fanning has his straight leg on the front and then the back foot is bent, right? Right. But we see the whole rail engaged. So we could think two things, you know, we could think he's like using his back foot to pivot around, you know, or we could think he could, he is straining his front leg and then pushing off his front leg through the whole turn. That's the, that's the two, like, you know, like the, like so the ways that yeah. I can, that I could think I could decompose it. So, what I would think about is like, this is the right way of creating a uh, drive and force recovery motion. Doing this leg extension at the beginning of the carving engages your whole rail and makes the board whip around fast. So the, the reason why I know that the weights in the front foot in here is because of the rail engagement. That's, that's, that's the reason why I know that the weights on the, the front foot. And then by rail engagement, I mean here, he starts to pressure off his front foot extending that front leg or a front leg extension he, and then look how much of the rail uh, in here i keep skipping Wait. look how much of the rail he engages returns let's see another again this is i think this is a re-entry oh no this is a carve again again extension of the front leg look how much of the rail at least above the front foot the water is fully engaged, the whole rail of the board, and then that's how he's able to whip it all the way around. Because the the board turns faster when the whole rail is engaged. Hmm. You see the whole rail right there? Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Well so Yeah, okay, yeah. continue. Um so for example, like right here, we can see Mick Fanning has that like biomechanical pattern that every time that he's gonna do a turn. He extends that front leg every time that he's going to do a turn front side or um, he extends that front leg on the carves. Let's see. Oh, here, here we have a really clear example. And here at the end, he does a little cutback, but he can, he extends that front leg right here really strongly. You see? Yeah. Really, really strongly and drives off that front leg. Another indicator that the weight is forward in here, it is. Um, oh wait. It is the position of the hips. So you see that his hips are a little bit tilt forward. So if you try to do this on the floor and then your hips are on the back, the weight is going to go up on the back foot. But if your hips are on the front and then you have that front leg straight, then the weight's on the front foot. 
and then that's how he's able to generate speed through these like tiny sections and you see more like you see probably the same amount of spray that we saw of that other guy on that big wave at puerto rico applying weight on the back foot but here's the but, question though mm -hmm. if you if you look at that initial starting position with the leg uh straight at the top of the wave in here right by yeah by straightening that leg you're actually in you and you look at the position of the hips right that actually implies here that you've actually pushed the weight onto the back foot right because your entire center of mass is actually over that back foot and the back foot is compressed right so wouldn't the weight be on the back foot there on the back foot heel the, and then that's also driving the fins which is going to cause the board to pivot the the thing is that like i for example think if you see like Mick Fanning's foot right here, in this case right here, so this is exactly the beginning of the carving and you see his front foot uh, yeah. extension, right? And then if you see this part, you see that his front foot is almost getting dug on the water. Yeah. So because of that uh, rail engagement, you're able to tell, like, you're able to tell what, you know, like, what weight distribution he has if he if the if mm. the water is above his front foot that means that he's pressuring with his front foot and then yeah. if the water is like if if the water is from the back foot below that means that it is back foot pressure so imagine think about it obviously when you when you exit a bottom turn your weight's gonna go more more so like 50 50 right here you know like yeah. there's not really there's not really any weight like intent in this in this part of the way there's no any intent right here right. right and then when you get to the top also you 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 push with the front foot and if you were pushing with the back foot making the change from back foot to front foot would be extremely difficult you know because you have that front leg straight so like from to go from back foot to front foot through the carve would be really really hard because like you'd be back foot and then you're like like from here, for example from here it'd be extremely difficult to have the weight in the back foot and then you already have your leg straight to intend to straight your leg but the 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 motion is just to push with the front foot really hard until you dig the entire rail and then forget completely about the back foot and then naturally hmm. your body is going to go into this position you know, where, where yeah. like the back foot seems bent, but it's an illusion. That's that's the thing. That's the thing. And that's why it's so super hard, because mm. like, like most of the surfers think that they're back footed, but they're front footed, actually, you know, and then that's like, uh, and then I used to think that whenever I did a great turn, it was because I kicked really hard on the back foot. But actually, I was doing a front footed turn. Hmm. So let's see a little bit more of this for example and the iron is the same we're going to see the leg extension and then one of the, the clearest signs uh of this leg extension it it is like another thing that we're gonna go see through here now look at look at his like heel right here you see how yeah, his yeah. his toes are, are like this is Andy irons right here and then like his yeah. toes are outside of like they're um uh, lift it up a little bit which means yeah, that yeah. the whole pressure is on his heels the whole pressure is in, in, in his heels so the thing is that to get to the top of the way um
get to the top of the wave 45 right 45 degree angle entry and then when you reach that top of the wave to extend your front foot as hard as possible while you're hmm. looking back and then you see you do everything the same you know you look back you open your hands you know you do everything the same but the difference is that that you're gonna kick with that front foot you're gonna extend that front leg and then leave it extended through the whole motion Extend your front leg to the point. interesting. I mean, I always knew that you do want to straighten the front foot, but I've never thought about it like you're going to push with your front foot as hard as you can. I've never thought about it like that. That's a very, I mean, the thing is, I, I feel <laughs> like what you're telling me is pretty counterintuitive. I mean, biomechanically, I mm-hmm. see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. In my head, though, there's still a little bit of, uh, I'm still, you know, not completely completely convinced but yeah I i'm know. almost like but now it makes me want to go surf and be like all right i'm gonna to try to really push with that front foot and see what happens you know huh. you know what happens you know what happens i i i had exactly the same reaction when i heard this from the first time i learned it from someone else i i have not discovered this myself but i've learned it from the guys uh these brazilian coaches you know that this guy that studied biomechanics you see him he is literally a mad scientist and i was like like it took me like 20 minutes or more to just like start like being like okay i gave up on him and the moment that he told me that i gave up on him completely i was like okay <laughs> what am i doing in this seminar right now you know and um uh, and then you know like when when how I, do you explain then okay sorry continue mm-hmm. uh, i'm gonna ask questions so i going. i gave up on it completely i was like whatever this dude is like explaining me about weight distribution forward whatever but I came to find that this, for me, it is the biggest secret in surfing. It is the biggest secret, and it hasn't been revealed yet. It hasn't been revealed to the major public yet. And it is maybe the reason why so many people get stuck, you know? And then because yeah. the professional surfers, the professional surfers also say, okay, the weight's on the back foot. Okay, everybody else deal with it. Okay, but how, how do you do an air? I don't know. Like, just go fly off the section, put the weights on the back foot. So we're believing people that learn from that era, you know, of like, you know, right, right. like they didn't even, like they just watched surf films and they, they were incredibly talented, you know. And yeah. then like that knowledge has been passed on and passed on. But then like um, when I started to apply this, I was able, like, I, like this is very probably I was able to teach surfers that, we're stuck. We couldn't even like, you know, do much on a wave. And then like I have trained surfers that have gone through that to winning competition in one year. And, mm. and then like, uh, winning a competition front side doing carves and, and then like also like finalists and stuff. And then like, yeah, it's changed the way that I, you know, like it's changed the way that I teach completely. And, and then there's others, for example, the bottom turns, all, all, all these techniques have specific ways of how to wait forward to engage the whole rail. Um, but yeah, the, the whole point is to extend your front leg through the whole motion and then try to keep the whole pressure applied in the, in the front foot through the motion. So here's a question, and that was actually going to be my question, right? Because when you finish the turn, typically your front, foot, your front leg is now bent. Yeah. Right? You drive... You know, so then, so that makes less sense to me than you starting the 
weight, you know, you starting the turn with your weight on your back foot with your back foot bent and then extending with that back foot as you come around. And I think yeah. that's where we actually found each other because you commented yeah. on something I posted about and you're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, plot ship, whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, so uh, this is a very interesting subject for me because like, um, you know, it is very interesting. I have like, I've come into many debates uh, with it. And then again, for example, this is what you were saying at the end of this turn. Andy Irons is flex over his front foot and then his back foot extended. What happened? So at the end of the turn, this is what happened. He compressed over his front knee instead of pushing with his back foot. Right? So that's why he's bent over his front knee and his back foot extended because he compressed over his front foot at the end and then he, but he didn't extend it. He just followed through with the front foot and at the end compressed over his front foot but his back foot extended. So it is a big plot twist, right? It is a big plot twist because like uh, it's, a, it's something that, um, you know, it's obviously really hard to understand because like it's also our weakest leg, you know, like the front leg, like usually it's our weakest leg. But it is the reason why um, sur like some very few surfers are able to progress like above certain level because like of exactly this uh because of exactly this conceptualization and then if if people are surfing well and then they don't know it's just because it is very sometimes it's very hard to be aware of or 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 motions you know it's be it's very hard to be aware for like professional surfers of exactly what they're doing so you know it like we just came with the most like e like you know to the ECI, that's when how I it study, looks. when I study, you know, because I, I, that's what I do for fun is I like study mm -hmm. surfers. Mm -hmm. I see them pushing with that back foot though. Like sometimes you'll see it pop. Like yeah. I've even studied like uh, Ethan Ewing. Ethan Ewing, yeah. And on some of the waves, you know, not on his best waves, they're just continuous and fluid. Mm -hmm. But on some of the waves, I'll literally see him push with the back foot and you'll see his track pad disengage from his back foot and like bounce off. So oh. it seems like they're still yeah. pushing with that back foot, you know? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're like, let's let, let's talk about those fin fin releases. We're gonna talk about those fin releases in a second. But for example, look at this. Uh, this is like a surfer that is a very good friend of mine from Panama. Is training these same mm -hmm. techniques, you know? And then he's focusing on this. I'm I'm like I was with him, you know, on this this time of his life. So I'm focused. I know that he's focusing on that front foot weight, you know, and driving on that front foot. This is what he was training. He's like currently the best surfer in Panama and one of the best in Central America is like Latin American mm. champion. And then like he's focusing on that front leg extension on the carve. This is like this simple detail. And then like to, 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 to be able to see him perform it. And then like now he, he was one surfer that thought, okay, like I have my weight on the back foot, but now that he's aware of this weight on the front foot, he's able to push harder perform you know like at a higher level because like he knows exactly what he's doing so he's able to repeat it even more and be more conscious push harder he has incredible incredible benefits to even a surfer at this level you know hmm. then i have like this these are some of the kids that I, like i've been teaching you know and then like these are some of the kids after the training of like straining that front leg well she she couldn't extend it properly here all the way through Mm -hmm. but like we're gonna see on the on, on another turn now she ex like extending like fully 
you know, and then she's only focusing solely on that. Yeah. Now this is another surfer. This is a computer a competitor of the ISA. I remember I taught I taught her this technique uh, uh, in El Salvador, but she competes for Puerto Rico and the ISA. And then now she's focusing on that front leg. And then like every time that she extends that front leg, she gets that extra like twist and push. This is another surfer that I've trained, uh, also ISA competitor, like same front leg extension, you know, and then like the turn being more powerful, focusing only on the extension of the front foot. This is a, this That's is so weird. This is, yeah. Well, here's a, here's a count. I mean, I, I, I agree that it's a very interesting concept to focus on the straight leg on the front. Yeah. But it's, it's going to be a balance of both, right? Because what if you just did straight leg front leg and straight leg back leg you're not going anywhere right you're not going to turn the board so it's it like is, a balance between the two right yeah it is it is it is actually so this is the, the the entire concept the concept is like this the weight's always going to want to go on the back the the weight is natural we're naturally like and the way we stand up one foot in front of the other the weight always wants to go on the back but we must force it forward as much as possible. And then if it goes back a little bit, it didn't go as much if we were trying to like uh, push only with the back foot. You, you know what I mean? If, if you are focused on doing a carve and then going to push really hard with the back foot on the top of the wave, you know, then you would be stalling. You'll be stalling the board, you'll be breaking, uh, you'll be mm -hmm. disengaging the rail. You, 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 you could lose balance also and then fall or dig your rail. But if you go and then apply the pressure on the front foot, at some point, the weight's going to go on the back foot, you know, right before it, you know, like uh, naturally, yeah. not without thinking about it. Hmm. So this is something, this is something fun because like it's something that maybe you do it already, but just try it and then see how it feels, you know, because like this is, this, yeah. this is where like, for example, this is another surfer applying that, that front leg extension. And then now I'm going to talk about something. This is the last thing that I wanted to mention about this subject. And this is, this is just an aspect of the carve, the weight distribution of the carve, which is like that front leg extension. Uh, right. Right. But I wanted to take a look at some professional surfers boards. Right. These are very new boards. This is Julian and, 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 and John John. You see it, right? So now. Yeah. Do you see the dents on the front foot right here? Yep, of course. You see, so this is a new board. When they finish, professional surfers, when they finish with their boards, you're gonna notice one thing. The biggest trait of a, like a really, really good surfer is that the front of their board is destroyed, basically destroyed. Like I have come in like, I, I remember I, I found one of Benji Weatherly's boards on Puerto Rico recently. I used it for a workshop. And then the front, the front part of the board was so, so badly like treated that like, I was like, oh my God, you know, like this is like really big sign of weight on the front foot. And again, we can see John John's uh, board right here doing air. And then I want you to look at that hillside part of his like board. This is the, the part where he does the carbs. And then judging by how white the board is, we can see that this is like, very brand new you know like probably it probably has like yeah, yeah. like a month a month old board and he has already like the biggest dents you can imagine so this is another indicator of how um you know how this 
like pressure is applied on the front foot, you know, and and yeah, if you like, be interesting to do a to look at Mason Hose boards because he doesn't um, he doesn't use a track pad and be like what what is yeah. the difference in the 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 pressures to the back foot versus the front foot? Yeah, but I mean for sure you're gonna have, be putting a lot of weight on your back foot, right? Like if you're just generating speed, you're landing in air, your weight is gonna be generally over your front foot to land that, and then. Yeah, you're gonna have a lot of weight, but huh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's, it's a super interesting concept. <laughs> you know, it's a it is a very interesting thing. I'm gonna have to test it out. So yeah, yeah. So how do you how do you? So I'm assuming you have systems to practice. You know, thinking about front foot and all that. Yeah, and, yeah. And I, I guess that's all part of your program, huh? Yeah. So for example, if you saw the learning cycle system, then you had a very big um, peak of my program. You know, of what I do with an athlete. So. Like, for example, when I come, when I like, you know, before teaching an athlete, I, uh, are you still seeing my screen? You know, like I work on several, um, it looks see. like it's, uh, oh, it's like fro frozen. Um, let me see here. So like a lot of what I do is I, I work with conceptual like f foundation conceptual concepts you know like full work weight distribution biomechanics you know and then mm -hmm. I basically use the um, the learning cycle um, I use it to to teach it everything that I teach I do it through the learning cycle so like I before for example if if we were gonna have a training session. What I would do is try to demonstrate to you as much as possible how, for example, a concept of a weight distribution goes, right? And then, like, we would go and watch as many surfers as possible. For example, if you, you wanted to, to check on Mason Ho, right? And then go and watch Mason Ho's films. And then if you, if you find, like, try to focus on his front leg. Focus on his front leg and solely on his front leg during frontside surfing. And then try to spot on those weight distribution forward. I'm sure you're gonna see him like with very strong leg extensions, and hmm. and then that's what I do to demonstrate, you know, like. Uh, and then after demonstration, and I take into practice, and then I do those. For example, the other video that I show you from Oli, uh, the surfer from Panama, practicing on the on the carver, you know, where like whenever they're gonna go through a carve, to extend that front leg completely until it's straight. And then like put all that pressure on that front leg to drive through the car. Again, I've seen these concepts being applied on on Olympic athletes, on WSL athletes, and then they all like you know they they all love it, and then think that becoming more conscious of their movements are gonna make them uh, really really good. So it is like um, yeah, it is the learning cycle. Uh, weight distribution, you know, like it's very interesting. It like for yeah, me, it sounds 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 very interesting. So um, <laughs> yeah, thank thank you for sharing that with us. And um, you know, yeah. how do you? So you know, if people are interested, how do they work with you? What is the uh, what is the process like? How, how do you work with them? So yeah, so like right now, I well, like I'm coaching. Is some... it typically like coaching one on one coaching, or is it like you you? You, I mean, because I know, I remember when I saw you in Puerto Rico, you were coaching all those uh, uh, kids. You know, up and coming Groms. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. So, what, yeah. what's your typical, My how do typical, people work with you? So, like, how do I work with people? I, you know, like, it depends, you know, my, my whole focus right now is like open, like I'm opening a surf school here in England, 
you know, and then like having a different approach to how to teach uh, the very beginners. Because like, if you think about it, 98% of the surfers in the world are not, you know, like, uh, you know, like of a certain level, they're like starting to surf, you know, beginners or found or like very novice yeah. surfers, you know, it's like 98% of the surfers in the world. So if I was like, that's my whole focus to create a system to, to teach beginners how to surf really fast through the learning cycle, different type of lesson mm. or every, everything like inland, basically, you know, it's an inland 80, yeah, yeah. 80% on land, 20% of the ocean kind of thing right but i do train athletes and i like i you know what i do is like i i work a lot you know like classroom like environment stuff because like it like listen if i if i was just gonna like tell people to go surfing I'm, i feel i i film them then like you know it's only so much that i can do if i'm filming from the beach or if i'm like you know watching you from behind on a wave you know like the whole work is like yeah like teaching them concepts and then like you know it's it's fun to 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 see them like oh my god i never knew i do this stuff so for like when i work with athletes i do not work like when when they're really good surfers i do not work to teach them something i work to teach them how they're what they're doing so they can repeat it i, I like go through the right. things that they're doing right and okay so right here, this is why your car was really good. And then make you conscious, make, make you conscious of the weight distribution, make you conscious of your foot positioning, make you conscious of your posture, you know, the, 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 the mm -hmm. spot on the wave. So when they're conscious of that right technique, then they are able to like repeat it. But I, a lot of my work is like online, which is what we were talking about. Yeah. It's like, or I mean though, so like if people are interested, should they reach out to you, you know, so are you, can they sign up for one of your, uh, your surf camps, like when you're in Puerto Rico or do they yeah, you know, yeah. do like one-on-one -on -one tutoring, like a video analysis kind of stuff? Like how to, so it, how do I do it? It's like, I, um, you know, like I have a system where I like, I, I, through the winter months, you know, I do retreats. Uh, I've done it in El Salvador. Okay. I've done it in Puerto Rico, you know, like, uh, now this year I'm going to do Portugal and Salvador again in November, you know, and I have a retreats from, for athletes, you know, with like, with these Brazilian coaches from Map Technica. And then, um, I have partnered with a guy from like SAS Global Travel, you know, it's like a, it is a retreat company, you know, and it's like to teach like, mm -hmm. like these professional kids, you know, so like I've been training people from the NSSA and like, you know, like kids that are really committed to, 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 to get, it's really fun to work with like tiny, you know, little like stung, yeah. stung groms and stuff. And then yeah. it's through retreats and stuff for the, you, basically they're, they're all going to be displayed on my website, uh, okia surfing.com. And, okay. and yeah, you know, like, um, this is, um, a very weird subject i'm sure that like i took you a little bit by surprise but i want like yeah it's like it's very it's well, very I'm, fun i'm gonna have to try and yeah focus uh, i'm really gonna try to experiment with that that's gonna be very interesting um yeah but thank you this was uh super counterintuitive uh interesting <laughs> i mean it makes sense you know it makes sense but it's also still a little weird um but, the, but this is the way to try, to try it. it. This is the way to try it. If you really want to try yeah. it, like in the, it, it, this yeah. is the, uh, uh, like the way it's like basically before the session, then you have to go into this mental state of like, this is the only thing that I'm going to focus on. Right. This is like right. the only thing I'm mean, like, it doesn't even matter if like, you know, it doesn't, nothing else matters, you know, like, 
but the only thing that I'm going to try is like, and then you have to narrow your option. I just want to extend my leg on the, on the carve and then apply my whole pressure mm. there. And then like, when you do that, mm. then, and then it's better if you're film, you know, when you're on the Salvador, that's right. perfect spot, perfect spot. Cause like, there's yeah, so yeah, many yeah. nice cameramans, you know, like I always get right, so right, much right. content when I get there. I haven't got a yeah. surf video okay. of myself in so long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been grinding. You've been working hard. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining again. Uh, thank this you, was brother. super interesting. Yeah. Um, I'll make sure, obviously, to, to tag you so people can find you and everything. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's keep in touch. Oh, wow. I mean, we went, might have to do one yeah. of these again. Oh, my God. I am very honored. And, like, we did one hour and a half. So, oh, my God. I get too inspired. Some good stuff in here, though. <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Van. Hopefully you've been enjoying the podcast. Hopefully you've been listening to some good stories, getting some good tips that are helping you improve as a surfer. If so, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, it'll only take you literally a few seconds, and share it with your friends. That's the best way you can support me so I can continue to create awesome new content for you. So thanks.